0: The world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want it all.
1: Said, I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. I'm coming to get it. Don't care what you heard. Don't care what you heard. I'm taking it all because I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. It's the best in the game, best in the bees. About that time, and you know what it is from brooklyn bringing that truth never gonna lie never gonna lose always on top keeping it steady he'll make you tap out and you won't be ready he got the suplex breaking your back now everyone in the world gonna listen to taz
0: all right all right what up what up yes huge weekend this past weekend For the wrestling world, namely WWE We'll get into all that Survivor Series and TakeOver And all that jazz uh, in a second Thank you uh, for downloading this episode of the Taz Show I am he, Taz So I appreciate that uh, As we are way north of over 700 episodes of the show So uh, thank you for pulling the content into your life Maybe you're downloading the show at Apple Podcasts Maybe on uh, Spotify or Radio.com Or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast, you're grabbing the Taz show. So, we'll get into, uh, do a little Survivor Series, uh, chatter here after this, sh- you know, the show obviously is over. The big event is done. Uh, so, well, I'll give you some of my reactions to some of the stuff that happened. I watched the whole, uh, event. I also did watch NXT Takeover on Saturday night. <clears throat> so, I'll get into some stuff with you folks here. Uh, what else we got? A couple things. Um, gotta plug the gimmick. Uh, not to steal a gimmick from my friend, a line from my friend Nick Jackson of the Young Bucks, but Merch Freak Jones, Merch Freak, that's my new thing. I'm stealing it from Nick. Well, I'm not stealing it from him, I'm borrowing it from Nick. So I'm going to plug the Taz, the TazShirts.com. So it's not the TazShirts. I mean, take two. Take two. TazShirts.com. So get all your <clears throat> T-shirts there. There's a huge sale going on right now, uh, Black Friday Jones. It's going on for... I mean, geez, I, I, I should give you the dates. I'm, I'm going to get the dates here, but it, it's going on for a while. So, go to TazShirts.com. You can get all your, your Taz gear you want there. It's the official spot. Hooks you right into pro wrestling tees. But um, the newest, uh, my newest shirt, half and half machine, is over there. That uh, my friend, Hal Hanley, the artist himself, who, who drew that thing up. Uh, that shirt is is for sale there too. And, and like I said, there's really, really good deals right now at uh, tazshirts.com. It's uh, 10 days of Black Friday. You don't even need a coupon for this thing. And it goes uh, from November 22nd, which is behind us, uh, all the way to December 1st, 12 p.m. Central Time. So you can get up to 40% off of stuff uh, of swag over at tazshirts.com my new Survivor, if I let you shirts there, the H2O Jones shirt is there, Waterbreak Jones shirt, that's there, like I said, half and half machine, some throwback Taz show shirts, when well, I was doing the show every day out of New York City, so there's, there's a bunch, um, there's Taz shirts there, so you get yourself a good deal, over there, Merch Freak, let Nick Jackson know, I put him over, I gave him credit, but tell Nick, that uh I love the merch freak gimmick. He listen, they listen to you. Well, you know, wrestlers listen to the fans before they listen to wrestlers. That's usually what happens. So, you know, on social media, I should say. So, especially a guy like like Nick and Matt, where those guys are really in tune with their audience and their their following. So, uh, and everything they're doing with AEW. So they, they just, they're kicking ass right now. So it's great. Good for them. Um, good guys. So, uh, what else we got? Some chatter about the. Uh, I guess I should get into this before I start talking about some of the stuff on Survivor Series. (sighs) During Survivor Series, they had um, Michael Cole did it on camera, and I was getting confused because there were so many different configurations of announcers throughout the whole night. It was, like, getting because of the three brands, the NXT and the SmackDown and the Raw. And it seemed like the constant was Michael Cole, which I thought he was staying there for the whole show as the main voice, the quarterback, the whole thing. They didn't. He ended up... Once they were doing the raw, some of the stuff that was raw heavy, um, Vic Joseph sat in, and I, I personally didn't agree with that. I would think keep Cole there the whole way. Um, he's your, he's the the senior voice. He's the man. He's 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 your main, you know, play by play announcer. He's your main commentator, and he's been there for decades. So I would have had him stay there the whole night. Uh, just my opinion, but that's neither here or there um but i wanted one of the on cameras and again it, it's it's not relevant of who was sitting next to him at the moment but he was uh he he mentioned that um baro ranalo was not at survivor series more or less i'm paraphrasing but he would not be calling any of the matches on that night as he did this live on camera um I know Beth Phoenix was one of the people sitting next to Cole. I just can't remember if it was Corey on, his, on the other side of Cole or if it was Nigel McGuinness. I can't recall. Anyway, he said Mauro now blew his voice out because of the high emotions and everything and what he did the night before at NXT TakeOver in Chicago um, that R- Mauro, the main voice of NXT, blew his voice out. So I was watching this when Cole said it. And I, to be honest, I, I, it sounds like that wasn't the truth. Maybe Cole was just told to say that, but cause there's some chatter that I, not, and I'm not saying this is what happened. I'm just telling you stuff that, that a lot of you people may know, know already that's online. And maybe by the time you hear that some of the truth comes out, who knows about, uh, you know, by the time the podcast drops and, you know, maybe a couple of days later, you're listening to this, um, that Corey Graves kind of this is what it seems like Corey Graves maybe got him some heat because of what happened on Twitter during NXT takeover Corey was a little bit critical of Mauro Ranallo um so I want to give you my opinions on this thing here real quick so okay as I do the show right now I don't know what the truth is if Mauro did blow his voice out that can happen to you like what Cole said that can't it's rare it's very rare um I'm going to try and be PC and be professional here. When you are, you know, again, I don't know if that really happened tomorrow. So I'm not not talking about tomorrow, what I'm about to tell you. I'm just giving you some commentary, play-by-play, broadcasting stuff while you're doing a live event. If you don't um, keep your voice at the right level until you have to crescendo up and you do that every single segment where you're just at a 10 instead of slowly getting there like there's... You know, you go on the first date, and then you, you know, there's a kiss. You are on the second date, you're holding hands with a kiss, and then there's a few more dates, and then you get to know each other. You go out each other. You see where I'm going with this, and then <laughs> you know, you you know, you, it gets to a point where you know, then you get to that 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 point of where it's like you got to get the first base before you get the third base. You got to get the second base before you get the third base. So my point, I'm trying to be PC here, but my point is. You can't just go out there and and, and just blow it out there. write Seg one, segment two, segment three, so you can't it just it's. It, it, i've I've been critical at times of Mauro's work, not because of his knowledge, not because of his research, not because of his passion. He has all of those. He checks all the boxes, and he's professional, okay? there's no doubt um I just I feel like at times he's the type of guy which is rare that you can blow your voice out. You know, because you go too far. And I watched NXT TakeOver, and he was really, at times, in my professional opinion, he was over the top at times. And, you know, it, you know, I, this is not the first time I've talked about this, and it's not that I have no heat with the guy. Well, maybe now I think I do over the years because... I don't think he liked that I was critical of him, but you know, you got to have a thicker skin. I mean, I, you know, you're a public figure just like I've been critiqued and I still get critiqued. I mean, so it's like, I, you know, I get critiqued for my radio work, my podcast work. I got critiqued when I was a commentator. I got critiqued when I was a wrestler. I mean, it's part of being a public figure, you know, but, um, so I do think if someone is going to blow their voice out for Michael Cole to say that about Mar Ronaldo, I don't know. I bought it. I felt like he was telling the truth. Um, but then I, I I started hearing that, well, that's not really what happened, that Corey was critical of him, of Mara while Mara was on the air, and Corey was, I guess, tweeting, and it's all online. To try, I, think he, I don't think he took his tweet down. And um, more or less somebody, uh, I think Corey said something to the likes, and, and, and I'm, I'm more or less paraphrasing what Corey said, um, that um, – basically that Mauro now has other people sitting next to him, you know, and he shouldn't be basically dominating the booth. And, you know, basically saying that he has a Hall of Famer, I guess, in Beth next to him and a Ring of Honor champion in Nigel McGuinness, more or less implying, well, you should, you know, utilize those people. Now, okay, a couple of things. During the broadcast, while I'm watching it, and I'm someone who really pays attention to the commentary, much more than probably the bulk of you guys. Of course, you shouldn't. Mo- most wrestling films. When you're watching wrestling. You should not. The commentary should be important to you, but it's not the end or be all. The action should be the end or be all. Me doing the job for so long, and and still doing it at times, I um, I pay attention heavily to it. Okay. So I will say, in regards to what Corey said, okay, I agree with him. Do I agree that he should have tweeted that? No, um, because he works in the same company for a long time with the guy. That doesn't mean he has to be his buddy. That doesn't mean he's not allowed to be honest. But then you got to deal with the, 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 the repercussions of, of fans getting on you and getting mad at you or, or people you work with thinking, wow, if he's being like that about someone that w- works with us why maybe he'll do that to me cuz i work with him you know what i mean so that's what i think you got to be careful of if you're that critical of someone that you work you work in the same company with it's just again my opinion and if that upsets Corey graves then so be it i mean if anything i say i don't i don't care if it upsets anyone i'm just I, my job is to give the best show to you guys and that's how I've been doing this for this many years. And I, some people do get annoyed, but hey, whatever. It's just I got to do what I got to do. I mean, you know, so my my 100% focus is on this podcast, on the Taz Show. Uh, and come 2020, my focus will be on the show. And uh, if it's the, called the Taz Show or a different name or if it's in a different area, whatever it is, that will be my main focus is my content. So that's my pride and joy. And... But I try to be as tactful as possible and professional as possible so that'll being said what Corey said um I, he is not wrong um again now we could agree to disagree we could have different opinions and that's all fine um Corey Graves was very critical of him and it's tough when you're working with a guy and then the part I didn't tell you Mauro Ronaldo apparently deleted his his twitter his own Twitter account you know and and was not at survivor series so there's been some reports that, well, it's because of what happened with that Corey did this. I look, it's been well documented. Mar nalo's his his um his health issues, mental health issues. He's been very open about that. He's very courageous what he's shared with the world. And I think the bulk of us all respect the hell out of Mauro for that, and there's no doubt. Um the thing is though, like I said about thick skin, it's tough, I, and I understand. I mean, we look. I, I, I'm not a perfect person. I don't think most most of us are not perfect mentally. <laughs> I, think, I think that's. We well, a lot of us has something going on. Mauro has been dealing with this for a lot of years, and and he he's he's courageous in his fight and what he does and building awareness for it and he's his openness and I respect him for that. I do. <clears throat> um, I just think it's a t- it's tough when you're in that job of a public figure. It's very difficult. Um not to expect criticism, not to expect, it's going to happen. And Maro has been a public figure for a lot of years and he's very successful in the MMA world, obviously in the wrestling world, you know, so he, he, I think he was doing radio years ago. He he knows what he's doing. He's been a public figure a long time. Um, now uh, it might've cut hard for him. It might've bothered him a lot because this is Corey Graves, somebody that he works with someone that's in the company. I, I just, I don't, like I said, I don't think Corey should have done that publicly. Um, I don't think that was the right thing to do. I really don't. I mean, it, it it's, it's cool for or Corey's followers and maybe the WWE podcast that he hosts because, you know, that's what it is. It's a WWE podcast that he hosts. Um, you know, maybe he's trying to build something up there and be a hot take guy and have hot takes. But we've seen Corey have hot takes before, and if that's who he wants to be, hey, whatever. That's that's his business. You know, good luck to him. You know, um, I just think you got to really, you got to be careful uh, when you do that. You know, with people that you work with, especially the way the wrestling business goes. So I guess I should give you the actual stuff that exactly what Corey said. I guess while the event was going on on Saturday night, so Corey said. Just for the record, guys, I know you wouldn't know it, but there's actually a WWE Hall of Famer and a former Ring of Honor champion on commentary. I'd imagine they'd have a lot to offer. So you don't have to be a rocket science to figure out what he's saying there. Um, It's a lot of sarcasm, heavy sarcasm, and it's a direct shot, and he tagged NXT TakeOver WarGames. So a plethora of people are seeing this while the event's happening. Frank Shamrock did not take kind to that. malo's uh uh, manager frank shamrock and he basically said social media has too many of you comfortable with disrespecting people and not getting punched in the mouth for it that's a fact um (laughs) i will tell him frank shamrock i agree with frank shamrock that's a fucking shoot so (laughs) there ain't no fucking doubt about that right there that right there my friends is a shoot so and then later on, I think Corey said something else about um, a fan or somebody, one of his followers said something to Corey about um, too many music references or something like that and, and about Mauro Ronaldo because he does a lot of these comparisons and these, I don't know what these sayings are that he does and, and Corey, I guess, took a shot at Mauro for that too. So, yeah, so it's a little bit of a mess there what they got going on. Now, so what's the truth? Why wasn't Mauro Ranallo... Why was he not at Survivor Series? Was it because Michael Cole said the truth on camera that he blew his voice out? Or was it that he was offended and pissed and ticked and didn't want to be around Corey Graves? I don't know. I will tell you a couple of things on the way the WWE system works. Like if you have a problem with somebody uh, and you don't want to come to work for it, that's rare. Uh, Like if you don't come to work and that's your reason for not coming to work, Like, that is very rare. Now, if they know there's a lot of heat with two people, these are pro wrestlers we're talking about, and there's been times where guys want to beat the shit out of each other for real, okay? Usually, you get brought into a room, the two people, and you have a conversation with someone of authority. You know, back when I was rolling hard in WWE, it was Vince McMahon, or one of the agents would bring you in there. Either it would be, a you know, Jack Lanza or it would be a Jerry Briscoe uh, would bring you in the room and have a conversation with both guys and air it out work it out, fucking shake hands, and let's go about business. That That's how it was, you know. I'm sure Triple H is involved with some of that to this degree now that he gets involved and tries to calm guys down or get in the middle of things and, and privately behind closed doors. But, uh, you know, if let's say it wasn't the voice thing and, and Mauro was just that pissed off and they didn't want him to come, I mean, I'm sorry, he didn't want to be there, um, uh, you know, I've never heard that before happen, but, you know, you never know. I mean, he, Myra might have been that that upset that he just said, I just can't be there around the guy. And and, and maybe um, the office said, yeah, no problem. As far as what Michael Cole said, I'm telling you one zillion percent of a fact that, because I saw a lot of people on Twitter thinking that Cole just like went into business for himself and fucking said that. You are dead wrong. Like one zillion percent, you're dead wrong. He would never do that. With something like that never in a zillion years not a million not a billion a zillion okay with a z <laughs> so that's something that is cleared with vince mcmahon and triple h well first vince mcmahon how do you want to handle this thing mara's not here let's say his voice wasn't blown out Mar- let's say his voice was blown out how do you want to handle this Do you want to tell the truth or you want to just ignore it what do you want to do and I- i'm not privy to that back behind the scenes meetings and conversations obviously so i don't know what was said can i find out yeah i feel weird to do that i'm not i'm not a news bulletin guy so that's not my thing i'm not gonna infringe on my friendship with people that work there and ask those type questions so um i'm speculating like a lot of you guys are so here's my speculation i think that i don't think his voice was blown out marlonalo and because he is a professional even though he does yell and he's he screams a lot on commentary and he's 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 very loud okay and 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 for a lot of the matches and it's 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 a lot um but that's the style and i guess triple h likes his style so good for for all of them i don't think he blew his voice out okay i don't because the other thing about his voice like anybody who's done the role for a long time and i've talked about this a long time ago on the taz show your voice your muscles your esophagus the voice the voice the muscles in your throat People that speak for a living, no matter if you're a radio personality or if you're a play-by-play or color commentator um, on TV covering sports or a singer, okay, anybody who uses their voice for a living, um, your voice is different than the average guy or girl. There's so much power and muscle in your throat, in your voice, it's different than everybody else. It's called pipes. That's your throat, okay? And everything in your pipes is built different than the average Joe or Jane. It's a fact. That doesn't mean you cannot blow your voice out. You can. You definitely can blow your voice out. It's very rare that that happens. Because throughout, and the reason why I don't think he blew his voice out, Mauro Ronalo, because if you listen to him towards that last segment, um, he still had range and power in his voice, in my opinion. So. um, I think it was more of the stuff that happened with Corey Graves. So I, I now why now here's the other thing, third part of this or fourth part of this mess. So why would WWE if this is true <clears throat> why would um the WWE brass so you know be upset with Morrow because Corey Graves brought this to light? No fucking way. Mm. trust me, they're not going to get mad at somebody because somebody else in the company tweeted about what somebody's doing maybe not good or not well in their job or what have you. Okay, Vince McMahon, uh, and he knows what he's fucking hearing. I don't care how old he is. Okay, he knows if he feels like someone's not doing the right job on commentary or this was NXT, so Triple H, I would assume, even though he's never really done the job, I would assume he would know if one of his announcers are not doing the right job. And the other guy who would know is Michael Cole. He's in a guerrilla position an NXT, and he's helping produce. He's in charge of the announcers. So they don't need Corey Graves to tell them if if Morrow's not doing his job the way they want it done. So that that's all I'm saying. I, for that, I'll give Corey credit on that. I, I wouldn't blame Corey for the reason why Morrow maybe – I don't know if the guy got in trouble. I don't know. I don't know who's in trouble. I don't know if Miles in trouble. I don't know if Corey's. In, I don't know if anybody's in trouble. Who the fuck knows? I really don't know. I'm just trying to let you guys know some facts. The facts are, you're not going to go on camera and say a guy blew his voice out without clearing that with the boss. That's number one. Number two, you can blow your voice out. It's very hard to blow it out when you're a, a bona fide professional for so as many years as Miles been doing It's because the, the muscle strength in his throat and is you know his esophagus and everything. The other thing is. I I don't agree that Corey should have tweeted that stuff out. I I don't think he should have done that. I think that was a bad move because you work with the guy. And it just seems weird. It makes a really bad and comfortable work environment. Um, I I would have um I would have you know, I would have kept that amongst myself or, ta- or text friends of mine. And if you really need to say, just say, dude, I think the guy is doing this wrong on his job. Whatever, like like happens all the time in wrestling. You know, uh, people critique people behind their backs with other people in the business. You know. Um, but I also feel as far as the performance of Mauro Ronaldo on that Saturday night in Chicago, he worked his ass off. Um, he had every story down pat. He had, he, he, his passion was there. His passion's always there. Um, but with that, I do agree with Corey Graves. I do not think that he was utilizing the people that were, that have in-ring experience as experts in the ring to utilize them. And I don't think he was doing that. I, I know he wasn't doing that. I could hear, and someone that's been in that role as the color commentator for for a long time, you know when you're not being utilized. Now, if I'm working with Mario Ronaldo, that ain't happening to me. <laughs> I'm fucking, I try to be a dick. I'm being honest, because I'm gonna go on the air, and if someone tries to dominate, even if he's my partner, he's not dominating because you're gonna hear me chime in, and I, there's gonna be a lot of interrupting, and I, it's not gonna. I'm not gonna make it about me and my broadcast colleague, but I'm not gonna let. If that happens, no Maro or anybody else, I would never let that happen. Just like I wouldn't do that to a play-by-play. I've done it where I've talked in too long of a soundbite, and at the end of the show, I've apologized to, to play-by-play guys I've worked with. And said, "Listen, I because sometimes by accident you might go a little bit on a run on sentence, and, and you're dominating the, the, the booth, but not every match. I mean, you do it once in a while, it happens. You know, I'm just just giving you some behind the scenes stuff <laughs> on on this stuff because I have a lot of um, love and respect for commentary and play by play and announcing. So uh not just in wrestling, just in general. So I wanted to give some thoughts and opinions on that. Uh and that's really the deal with that. So simple. All right, well before we talk about survivors old water break. Drank a lot of water today. Ate like shit over the weekend, you know what I mean? I really I, I usually been eating much better. Probably dropped shit about 13 pounds in the past, I don't know, four or five weeks. I feel like I gained it all back during this past weekend. I was watching a lot of football, You I don't know what the fuck I was doing. I just was just lazy, and we had some, a lot of, some snacks in the house. And like a lot of people, you know, I love snacks, so I I, I had no willpower this weekend. Shit to bed, Jones. Yeah. Alright, we come back, we we'll get into a little chatter on uh, Survival Series. Be right back. Alright. We're back here on the Taz Show. Yeah, I'm him. I'm him. Human suplex machine, that's me stuff going on maybe it's a lot of stuff that's getting shifted around shit's changing in 2020 get ready homies a lot of shit's changing don't fret you like this show you like hearing me talk about wrestling Eh, that's not gonna end that's the good news well there's not really that much bad news I'm just shifting a lot of my stuff in my career I gotta make some changes I just just, it's time and the, the wrestling business is so hot right now um and i've missed the actual business business for a long time well months and months i've talked about it, a whole shitload here talked about the in interviews also so you know open book jones you know how it is so uh, anyway so let's get into a little survivor series chatter so as a whole oh, by the way nxt takeover i really liked the show i thought it was a great show uh, as a whole just uh, i i'd give it three thumbs up i thought it was fucking awesome when i say three let's say three's the max give it the max 10 stars five stars whatever you want. i thought nsc takeover was great i really really enjoyed the shit out of it i did so congrats to all involved they all worked hard the crowd was great in chicago um for the uh for the event for sure they were going fucking bonkers so that that was cool shit uh survivor series i loved also i gotta be honest i i did i mean i didn't i didn't think it was perfect perfect but i did really really enjoy it i thought i thought they did a great job um i did i didn't truth be told i did not get a chance i was running around with some stuff and i did not get a chance to see the kickoff matches so i ain't gonna lie to you about that um i i did um I did obviously catch the, you know, from the beginning of the show, and I watched the whole Survivor Series event, the main show. Uh, and right out of the box, the Women's Survivor Series Elimination Triple Threat um, uh, deal, the team, the team gimmick, the uh, Team NXT versus Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Uh, I thought it was awesome. I really did. Uh, I thought the night it was a nice. I really liked that the SmackDown ladies were all wearing some shade of blue. I thought that was cool. The NXT ladies were wearing some shade of black and gold in their own gimmicks. But the raw girls were not so much. They were kind of like I uh, know. I think uh, I think it was trying to think. Charlotte was wearing like pink, which is a shade of red, right? But I don't think there were too many others. Now throughout the evening, I thought it was cool for the guys and the girls. A lot of them were wearing their colors of their brand and i really love that i think that's great you know that's a pet peeve of mine i've talked about that shit for a long time on the taz show whenever they do stuff like this it's, it's you need more than just a t-shirt and a fucking shoulder band but the shoulder band i'm not mocking it it's actually smart or the bicep band i should say and you know your brand on it because it can get confusing and that's why they do that it makes sense you know so uh, I'd be fucked if I was in one of these things. I mean, I'm, I'm like, well, I got to wear orange and black. You know, I can't. What the fuck? Vince would be like, well, you know, if you're NXT, you got to wear black and gold. You, if you're in Raw, you got to wear red, bro. And if you're on SmackDown, you got to wear blue. We got no orange. I'm like, Why? Well, I, I got to wear orange. It's got to wear orange. I got to wear an orange something. Can't happen, us. That's it. That's how that would have went down. So, uh, yeah, just... <laughs> So anyway, I thought the ladies' match was really good. can uh, aside, I I really did. And um, this Rhea uh, uh, Ripley, she is a the girl from NXT, the young lady from NXT. She uh she is just as advertised, tremendous. For I believe she's twenty three years old, and Rhea Ripley just unbelievable. I mean, I've watched a good amount of her, and. She just had an amazing weekend, but she really, um, she was awesome. As was Bianca Belair in this in this team elimination uh, gimmick match they did. I'm talking about with the women. Uh, the, those are the ones that that stood out. You know, I I, I did not like it that the gimmick they did with Candice Relay, uh, Candice LeRae I should say, and Io Shirai that they were like injured and they had to go to the back and now it's like the, the nxt team was down two ladies and and then they had her, those two girls come out later on and it kind of assisted in the, in in the big victory for for ripley um and she beat sasha banks which i think is awesome and huge but i just don't like that the other two ladies were involved no knock on on uh shirai or candace I, i'm a fan of both of their works but i do think this was Rhea ripley's moment and um i do think they should have just they could have done a better there, in my opinion. And they could have done a better, her better, Ripley, earlier in the match. They did a cool – they had a little heat going on on the same team with Asuka and uh, Charlotte Flair, and, and then Oscar eventually got pissed off and missed, the green mist into Charlotte, which was great. And I think that's part of the reason why Charlotte was wearing, like, a, a pale pink because she knew she that was going to happen. It stands out better on her outfit, and she's got the blonde hair, so it's very smart of Charlotte to do that. Those are little nuances. Things that most people don't notice, I'm, I share with you guys. Um, uh, but I, I here's the thing, though. Um, I, I I don't I don't think they should have. Once Charlotte got misted, what ha- I'm trying to remember now. I think Lacey was in the ring. She was legal, and she got the victory over Charlotte. I think that was a mistake. Okay, and 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 by the way, uh, it should have been Ripley who beat Charlotte. That's what should have happened now, Okay, in my opinion. But if you're going to have Lacey do it, someone needs to sit down in front of a, 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 you know, watching the link of this or watching this match today at Raw with Lacey and teach her how slow she was and how bad it was by her to wait as long as she did to, to go into her finish. No matter, I don't know if someone told her to do that in defense to the young lady, maybe some, it it took too long. Okay. That's got to be bang, bang, bang. Once the mist happens, Charlotte sells it, spins around, holy fuck, oh my God, oh my God, boom, 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 one, two, three. she's done. That's how you protect Charlotte. That's how you keep heat on lacey it was it was too long. there was too much of a too too long there. Watch it back, you'll see what I'm saying um i I just I strongly feel like Ripley should have been the one to get that that win. I really do um i because if you're gonna look, they obviously wanted to push ripley and push her hard so if you're going to do that that's awesome that's great and that's what they should be doing and i'm down no problemo but you know what you can't you just can't you can't go halfway and 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 credit the wwe trying to push her and and that's cool but doing it like that it feels halfway you know and and by having the other two girls come out and help her get the win over sasha um and and like I said, the, just to backtrack, circle back again. I apologize, but the whole thing, what 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 having um, after the Oscar missed, I, I just think that right there is it, it. As long as someone's talking to Lacey about what she did wrong, that that's the key, you know. I hope someone did, you know, because she had an opportunity. To, to you keep your heat with that. It just, and that's what I was like annoyed watching. Them. I'm like, geez, I mean, they, they really should have had freaking Rhea Ripley get the victory over Charlotte after the green mist because Lacey either was given the wrong direction or she, she messed it up on her own. And, and, and that's a fact. I'm just telling you, like, that's what happened. Like that it, someone had to talk to her after that had to, it had to be. Um, And that frustrated me because there was an opportunity there uh, for Lacey even to get that great spot of getting that victory over Charlotte while she's selling the mist. And they went into it. It took too long. It dragged out way too long. And I understand Charlotte, she sold it great. But, you know, I'm watching it back right now, actually. I'm just looking. I pulled up the clip. And actually, I got a feeling this is the way they booked it. Because they had Charlotte selling for a long time, and then she just gives it a punch and gets the win. Yeah, whoever was the agent on that, hey, you know what? I'm just being honest. I don't think you did that right. <laughs> and all and, Lacey should have just got in there quicker and just took business into her own hands, but I don't think anyone does that in WWE no more, and I don't think she's experienced enough to do that, uh, to have that experience. But anyway, fast-forwarding it, in my commentary about this uh, and almost wrapping this up about this, Rhea Ripley is the real deal um she's the real real dealio there's no doubt about it um she can talk she's got a great look um she's 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 23 which is insane i mean she is a star i mean it's like she is a female version totally different character totally different gimmick but she's the same age as mjf and AEW, and the push that mjf's getting and how he's sustaining it so far it's it's like almost the same equivalent in, in a different realm of the push that we're seeing ripley get so but like I said, I don't think you needed to get all those uh, the other two ladies involved. I think it was a springboard dropkick by Shirai, and then uh, and then Ripley hit her finish. So uh, pump handle Jones. So you know, um, anyway. So that's just my long-winded thoughts on that. But I, as a whole, though, I did like the whole match. I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't want to sit here and just be negative. That's not what I'm trying to do. Uh, Bianca be- Bianca Belair is a friggin' star, like straight star, dude. Like she is real deal, man. So. Their women's division is locked and loaded in in every brand they have. I mean, they have a lot of concentration for a long time on that ladies' division, that women's division, and you could tell they put a lot of work into that. Um, but again, the thing with with Candice LeRae getting involved with Shirai uh, was silly to me. You know, really was. Um, the other thing I want to talk about was the fiend against Daniel Bryan. I want to just just jump into that for a sec. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else on anything else before I jump ahead on that. If I wanted to get into with you guys, before well, I could always circle back, I guess. But because I, I I I'm excited to talk about the Fiends. because I have a lot of thoughts and opinions about that match that we saw. Um, in uh, well, we saw the Roddy Strong. Okay, he got the uh, the he, which I was surprised that he won that triple threat. Over AJ and uh, and Nak uh, Nakamura and AJ uh, Nakamura's the Intercontinental Champion. AJ is the U.S. Champ and uh, the North American Champ of NXT is Roddy Strong. And that was really cool, cool to see that man. He's a good dude. He's been on the Taz Show uh, way back, but uh, good dude, man. And uh, tell you what, it's awesome shit. Um, really loved that. Loved Adam Cole versus uh, Pete Dunne. I thought for a minute, and that was for the NXT Championship. I thought for a minute. I thought there was a chance maybe that Pete Dunn win that thing. Um, they didn't do that. Uh, by the way, during that match, I just want to bring something up, during that match with Cole and – was it Cole? Pete? No, it wasn't that match. I apologize. I'm getting ahead of myself. It was the – it was – who was getting a hold? Was it Matt Riddle? Yeah, Matt Riddle, I want to say – yeah, it, I'll get to that. It was about the ankle lock thing, about no, no boots on um, – and uh, Nigel McGinnis made a comment. Um, uh, yeah, it, it was he, he was it was it was wrong what he said. I mean, I, I hate to be nitpicky, but he made a comment. Um, just to jump into that, man, I didn't want to jump into that, but I fucking brought it up so I got it right. <laughs> so it was uh, there was a comment made about the uh the ankle lock. Okay, I just want to let you know like, so if someone has a boot on or a wrestling shoe. It's a, it's a lot easier to hook a hold, you know what I mean, on on someone as opposed to them being barefoot. Someone's barefoot, it's very difficult to hook a hold because there's nothing to grip. There's nothing to grip. I think McGinnis just made an error what he said, or he just, I would assume he knows that, but he didn't say it like that. He said it the other way around. He said it yeah, you know, whatever. But uh, I just wanted to bring that up. So let me back up to the what I did want to talk about was, like I said, the um the deal with uh, with the fiend for the universal championship against uh, Daniel Bryan. Now the whole thing with the building being red throughout the whole match and all that—that's great. That's not good. That's great, and I notice a lot of people don't like it online, like fans. So we're all entitled to our opinions I understand that and I'm not saying that my Opinion is right on that um, But I'm going to give you reasons why my opinion Is right on that and I'll sell you On this thing first and foremost I'll Ask you a question that you can't answer to me right here You can answer talking to Your phone or your computer or whatever But who's the most unique Character In all of WWE the most Odd the most unique the most Just and over. I mean, it's it's Bray Wyatt, it's the fiend. Okay. The mask, the 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 funhouse, it's like he's a split personality, the whole gamut. His performance in this character is off the chart. You people love it. The office loves it. Okay. He's so unique and so different. Why would you not do what they're doing with the red light? It makes it different. Like, so unique. It makes it so fucking cool. It makes, to me... I, look, I, I don't know Bray Wyatt that well at all. And I don't mean to be, like, disrespectful. But the lighting treatment that they have throughout the whole match with him being red, I enjoy him, his matches more. Because I feel like I'm watching something that's so different. He's so unique. He looks even more sinister and scary. I think it's fucking cool as Shit, I love it, and I am shocked that WWE does this. Happily shocked, because this is something that they don't normally do. They want you to see the masses in the audience, and they want it to look crisp and clean on TV. And this goes against what they normally would do, or what Kevin Dubin would want to do, or Vince McMahon. I think it's fucking great. I absolutely love it. I think it's cool as hell. Um, It it also it makes him. Now, he's a big, thick, burly guy, uh, Bray Wyatt. It also makes him look even better because there's a lot of shadows on him and darkness. So you know he's 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 not he's not running around ripped with abs. This guy, and I don't think he's trying to be, but it does make him look a little more even stout, a little more muscular than he probably is. The lighting, but it makes him look meaner, sinister with that mask. It's like you're watching a fucking horror movie throughout the whole match. I mean, I I think it's fucking great. And I'm reading fans' comments. I'm like, oh my god, I can't think these people hate this. Are you fucking kidding me? Like this is great. This is so different. It's like something like one of my pet peeves for a long time with WWE. If there's a match happens or there's like a promo segment and a guy does a run Not like a not a match. Guy does a run in. And, you know, let's say it's Brock Lesnar. Let's say Brock Lesnar's a big baby face and it's whatever, years ago and people loved him. And he hits the ring on two on, on a heel that's cutting a promo or two heels beating up a baby face or whatever. And maybe it's a bad example, but you'll figure out what I'm fixing to say to you. They play Brock's music. He comes down the fucking aisle like running, like not not walking stoically, like running, pissed, like he's going to kill someone. Place is popping. He gets in the ring. In WWE style, they play the music. As soon as he gets the ring and he starts physically engaging with someone, the music stops. It fades out and stops. And then you let the announcers call the action. You know, it's not a match. I hate that. I've hated that for years. And it's something that really never happened in ECW. Like, in ECW, it was the opposite. A motherfucker hits the ring, and his music's playing. His music plays 90% of the times throughout the whole fucking brawl. It makes it more exciting. It makes it more unique. It makes it more different. Now, some of you guys might be able to pull a time or two as of recent when maybe they kept music playing. I can't recall it. But I'm just telling you, like, that is something that they never do. Same thing with the lighting treatment. Something like they're doing with Bray. I've never, I don't remember them doing that throughout a whole match like that. Again, I'm sure it's happened. I just cannot recall it for the life of me. I will tell you something else about that in that match and about the lighting. A suggestion, um, which would have been cool if they would have done this. And again, this is the type of stuff and a lot of the stuff that you've heard so far in this about me giving opinions or alternative booking that. In 2020 and beyond is going to continue, but it, it you know it, it might be continuing in a different way. Because I, I got, you know, I have a pet peeve, a big problem with doing it for free. Because a lot of people that are in these companies hear my ideas and and stuff stealing taken from me, and it's like I don't get a consultant fee, I don't make any money. Motherfuckers not out here for charity, you know what I mean? I'm here to, to make money. It looks like you're out there to make money. You know, we're all trying to make money. I'm the same fucking way. Okay, <laughs> I'm not part of that WWE machine no more. I'm not under contract to AEW either. A lot of people are confused. Think I work? For, I don't work for AEW. I love those guys, and maybe, maybe going forward, I'll do a lot more with them. We'll see. I don't know. But you know, I'm not under contract anyone. I mean, I I don't know wrestling companies, so I don't get a I don't get a consultant fee from anybody. So um, I'm not throwing it up to you guys' face. It's not your fault. I'm dropping a podcast. You guys download it. That's all. You know. But here's my suggestion, which would have been fucking awesome, and I thought they were going to do it. So Daniel Bryan got his ass whooped for a good chunk of the match. A lot of heat by The Fiend all over Daniel Bryan. Great selling by Daniel Bryan. Awesome stuff. Fiend, great offense in his heat as a killer heel. Awesome shit. Daniel Bryan then has this great comeback, okay, and now he brought back the yes, 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 it came back. And good God, would have not have been fucking awesome when he is in the corner, Daniel Bryan, standing on, I guess it was the second rope or top rope, I can't remember. And he does the one yes, and everybody does the yes, and the building's red. Does another yes, and the building's still red. And they do, and then his third yes. I'm like, turn them up, turn the lights on, make it bright, bright them, light them up. They didn't do it. They kept it red. That was the time they should have fucking turned those lights on super bright as soon as he puts his hands up. That third yes, yes, that third time. And now you get rid of the red lighting treatment and you turn it bright, regular lights, the place would have popped more. The Fiend was selling great. He had a bunch of heat throughout the match while the building was red, which, I, again, I love the red lighting treatment throughout the match. I love it. But the moment to turn those lights on full, as they call it in the industry, um, and bright and light them up, as they say, would have been on that third yes that he, Daniel Bryan's on, that turnbuckle. That would have been awesome dude what a visual they did the hard camera like they always do with the yes 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 and he brought it back and then it's like it's his comeback he brights up the building and from a technical standpoint i'm not a lighting guy but i know they can do that i mean it's the lighting (laughs) effects and treatments that they have uh wwe and AEW. when i was in tna when i was there like it was legit stuff like legit crews that the lighting that's easy for them that would have been great I'm just saying that I thought that would have been awesome. So, but whatever. I I, I enjoyed it. I I, I thought the, I thought that match was great. I did. Um, um. Another thing I want to bring up was Rey Mysterio. So Rey, his promo <clears throat> that he, excuse me, that he was backstage just before the match with Brock. He cut a promo and he had the pipe in his hand, and he said, "You know, normally I would say I don't want my son to to see what I'm about to do to Brock Lesnar, but I want Dominic, wherever you are, I want you to see this." Well, he was there at the building, but Ray was smart to say, "You know, wherever you are, I want you to see what I'm about to do, and I want you to see this violence." Paraphrasing, what I'm fixing to do to Brock Lesnar. I do think they missed an opportunity there also, where he should have went, Mysterio should have went into street style kind of like his upbringing in Mexico, you know, and, and get into like some hardcore shit and, and do a lot of it, like yelling in anger, almost enraged, but in Spanish, like, you know, and like talk about how, yo, we're going back to the streets, homie. Yo, 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 you know, that kind of thing, like how he came up, it's, you know, like how all his years in Mexico, um not not just about the 619 not just about san diego you know what i mean like i would have i would have went that and had ray done a lot of that promo enraged in spanish um it just i think would have resonated better it would have brought a lot more out of ray too because that's that's who he is that's his life that's his that's his heritage that's his you know it's his legacy that's who he is that's his you know so i i that's how i i would have had him do that like not st- I think he would have started off great to start the promo like he did and raises the chill. And I know would have did all that while he was getting interviewed and talking, but I would have then slowly had him build up to a rage and that's when he started speaking Spanish and being aggressive and talking about how it is in the streets and how, it, how he's going back to he's not going to be the old Ray. And he did say that line, but um, – yeah you know, I mean the old Ray Mysterio the pro wrestler, but he should have went I'm gonna be the old Ray Mysterio that came up a little hardcore back in the, without saying the word hardcore, but you get what i'm just I'm spitballing here, but you get what I'm saying. I just think that would have been a better way to go that um to go with that I should say, so I mean uh you know look again it was uh, the promo was awesome, his passion was there, but that's how i would have uh i would have handled that um uh, what was the other thing I want to talk about I'm trying to think? Cause there was so many, I mean, the matches were all good. Like I said, so, I mean, it's, it's like, there's a lot of, <laughs> you go on and on. I mean, there was, there was a lot of good matches, a lot of good physicality. Um, the guys all worked really hard, everything, every match, the girls too, not just the guys, obviously. Um, trying to think it was probably the thing that jumped out in the, uh, raw SmackDown NXT, uh, team versus team versus team male match. I think right there is where like when that was the ankle lock I'm talking about with, uh, where was, what's his name? I was trying to figure out, I'm looking on my notes here. Give me a second. I'm trying to find my notes. Oh, there's my notes. Yeah, so sometimes you get scrambled with your notes. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? What's going on here? I'm usually, you know, on Point Jones. and But, you know, not everybody's perfect. You know what I mean? Not not everybody's perfect. It's, you need to understand that. Oh, by the way, in the match, the, the Team SmackDown, Team Raw, Team NXT, Survivor Series, Men's Elimination, the Triple Threat. How awesome, uh, not only was Keith Lee in that whole thing, it was phenomenal, but Walter early on. I think they, they, they had him get eliminated too quick and the people in the building were not happy about it for sure but i do think that he had a hell of an outing uh as did damian priest i'm a big fan of his too um i think he had a great outing as uh did uh matt riddle too so i do think they all had great outings but keith keith lee for sure i mean he he showed a lot of legitimate awesome um athleticism without a shadow of a doubt uh he looked great um the Randy Orton stuff in there was, was pretty cool. You know what, uh, yeah, I think he had an RKO on Damian priest. Uh, and then he got rolled up by riddle. and Riddle was like shocked that he did it, you know? And and, and I, I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought it was cool. The thing is riddle rolling up. Randy Orton was really, really good. RKO after was also good. I have no problem with that. Corbin stealing the win, uh, was smart also. On riddle, I should say. So when Corbin got, so I think that all worked. That that was fine with me. I, I you know, I think that was good. But again, that back to the ankle lock. The thing is, it was with Shorty G and uh, Red riddle, riddle, I believe. because course, he had the ankle lock, and uh, that not to beat a dead horse, but McGinnis, I, I said something like it. It's easier to get that ankle lock on with someone who's barefoot. That's not true. I've grappled for a lot of years with with guys that are barefoot as a, a judoka and. uh it's a little tougher to get a hold on someone's foot with a, a boot on or an amateur wrestling shoe. All right. So anyway, in closing on that deal, but uh, that was awesome. I mean, there really wasn't nothing that I, I could say the stuff with in the main event with Brock Lesnar and Ray Mysterio when Dominic got involved. Jeez. I thought it was, I thought it was, it was fucking cool as hell. I mean, the stuff with Dominic, I thought was great. I really did. I I, I I thought it was awesome. that the, the stereo 619s, how fucking awesome of a moment for a Mysterio was that, right? I mean, I thought that was so cool. I mean, when the kid got hooked in that German, when he went to climb the ropes, Dominic, I, I was worried because Brock grabbed him real high and he's strong, but Brock protected him, took care of him. They went to that F5 with Ray coming off the ropes and Brock catching him in the air. Um, I thought that was excellent. A lot of people were tweeting, too, about about Ray you know, looking like doing the clown with the mask I, I don't know i don't know what the clown gimmick was it was cool but ray always does that you know he wears crazy shit sometimes it's just you know who knows what ray ray that's just ray's creative and he's fucking does some wild shit i really thought though that uh the, the business that they did they they had me hooked for a minute like oh shit maybe they're gonna have ray beat brock this could be sh- fucking crazy um and then um a lot of people were saying, too, hey, maybe it's a deal where Dominic came in to throw the towel in early on, and that's a shot at AEW, what MJF did with the towel. I, I, I don't know about that. The towel being thrown into a, a, a boxing match or a wrestling match or MMA has been around for decades. AEW didn't create that, and I don't think AEW would try to tell you they created, invented that. So, But maybe it's too close to comfort because it just kind of happened a couple of weeks ago with, with Cody Rhodes. and. And MJF, maybe that's why some people thought that. Who knows? Maybe they were trying to be wise guys. What I don't know. But um, but uh but anyway, um, you know, I I I liked I liked what they did with Lesnar and uh it wasn't the main event. I'm calling it the main event, it was the main event. I shouldn't say it was with the girls with the, the three way match with the girls in the main event. I made a mistake earlier when I said that. No, but I like what they did. Dominic selling like on a knee, begging with Brock, I think is awesome while Brock is, is holding, you know, the pipe in his hand. I mean, I I you know, it, it's just it, it, everything that they, they went, went into everything was great. The nut shot from, from Ray and then the nut shot, um, uh, from, from Dominic. The whole thing was just, was great. They handled it perfectly. They really did. I loved it. Um, I did. Um, and then the, the ladies match, the three way with, um, with Bailey and with, uh, with, uh, Shayna Baszler Talk about having a great weekend, man. She really, she had herself a great weekend for sure. Um, That they have no doubt about that. And with the man, Becky, excuse me, Becky Lynch, it was great. I thought the match pacing was was pretty good. It's tough to follow everything that we saw throughout the night. I do think the audience was a little dead during this. I do. Uh, I just think the audience had seen a lot, um, you know, and they saw a lot since NXT and then they had this whole big Survivor Series. Then I think they're sitting through Raw. And then I think they get a day off, and then I, I'm pretty sure it's the same week this week where AEW is doing their show right outside of Chicago too. So there's a lot going on over there um, in, in, in this week here. So going into Thanksgiving, but no, I, I, I seeing this this um, seeing this match with the ladies, uh, I thought was uh, what they did was awesome. Um, again, it's tough sometimes when the crowd is not into it. Uh, and it's sometimes it's not because of your performance. It's just that they've been through a lot and seen a lot and all that jazz. And it's just sometimes they, you know, they can get they can they can get one out. And I do think I, I mean the way when I was watching, it, that's how it came off to me. Um, it came off that way. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I mean, for Shayna Baszler to, to to win the match to win that triple threat was huge. So NXT obviously dominated big time throughout the night. Uh, and they did make it feel more sporty where it was like the score, the lower third of the score for Raw, the score for SmackDown, keep you up to date on NXT with the scores. I thought that was cool too. So um so that's the deal. But I all in all I, I like the uh, I like the show very much, you know. Um. So hopefully you guys liked it too. I thought it was good. I mean, I thought it was good. I mean, honestly, truth be told, I really enjoyed it. And I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, uh, this uh, Tad show here, going over Survivor Series. So I appreciate you guys downloading it. And if you're not subscribed, please subscribe to the show and spread the word of the show. Been doing this a long time, and just keep on an rolling and rolling. Right, that's the gimmick. Uh. Anyway, look, guys, have yourself uh, a great day, great evening, whatever the frig you're doing. I'll uh, be getting at you before Thanksgiving. I'll drop another podcast for you. Yeah. All right, I'm Taz. You're not. Take care, guys. I was raised in the days of my space and screen names back then when I was only
1: worried about my top friends. Now my circle is getting smaller. All these people acting fake, man. And to be honest, I don't even have a top ten. Me against the world. I've been doing what I really love. Haters been hiding behind the screen. And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same cause we've been doing our own thing, trying to stay up. I want to go back to days with no grades. We ordered the kids meal, play ball, that's all day now. I'm stuck looking at this Instagram page, but these likes on my picture don't result in getting paid now. I've been wondering where the party at, cause all of my concerns got me wondering where they got the Bacardi at. So going for another drink, To stay, I'm hoping I won't let you go. And it's for the team, no I go for my dreams, I've been on doors and screens, but I'm more than it seems, she taught business and that's what I'm about kid, it ain't for the money, it's for helping our kids, get what they deserve, I'm sick with every word, and if I ain't real, you ain't gotta play this verse, I'm more formal.